0: Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Audio Media presents The Patron Saint of Suicides, created by Alex Dolan. Haven drove through the tall pine trees up to the top of the Oakland Hills until she reached Victor Blossom's house. It looked like a nicer version of a log cabin, sided in red wood, with windows that overlooked Oakland, the water, and San Francisco. She imagined how the lights of both cities might sparkle at night. Victor Blossom opened the door. Without a hello, he waved her inside. Haven had never seen the detective without a suit. This morning he was in a sweater and jeans. He hadn't shaved for a few days. He looked rough. But more important, he looked more human. And that was comforting.
2: Thanks for seeing me. Especially here. I was expecting to meet at your office again.
0: Yeah, I've been staying home to be with my son. Is he here? He's sleeping. In his
1: living room, A charcoal gray couch with modern lines sat across from a leather reading chair. She didn't feel comfortable sitting just yet.
2: It feels strange being in your home.
1: Were you expecting something different? Maybe. More windows? She looked out his large windows across the water at the two cities. It was a clear day, with blue skies and wisps of clouds.
2: I didn't expect it to be so... charming... It looks like a Swiss chalet. Kind of makes me want to grab my later lederhosen and alporn.
0: Should I bring out the beer and pretzels?
2: Ricola!
0: You haven't been sleeping, have you?
2: Nope. By the looks of it, you haven't either. Nope. How's Ben?
1: Blossom didn't like having Havenatomo in his home. He wasn't comfortable with her knowing where he lived. When she mentioned his son by name, his face twitched. Haven was not his friend. She wasn't anything to him, really. But when she called him this morning, she sounded so frazzled, he felt compelled to help her. Let's talk about you. Have a seat. Haven sat at the end of the couch. Blossom took the leather chair. How did it go with the light bulb? Haven stuck her fingers in her mouth. When she pulled them out,
0: her fingertips were dabbed with blood. You cut your mouth on crystallized sugar.
2: It wasn't sugar.
0: You ate a real light bulb. Why would you do that?
2: I didn't have a choice. I need to play you something.
1: Haven pulled out her phone and played a recording.
2: Toby Gensler, legendary actor and comedian, president and CEO of St. DeCrisis Counseling, survivor of the March 25th, 2015 Oakland Train Massacre. Person of interest in the 2016 Oakland Train Homicides. Strange case. Strange how the final victim, Turo Torres, died after the prime suspect, Diego Quesada killed himself. The timing doesn't really work out, does it? I have more research to do. You're quite an interesting subject, Haven Otomo. Are you ready for today's challenge?
0: How does he know all of that?
2: Fuck if I know. But he does. Also, he tried to run Wesley over last night. He sent me a video of him driving when he tried to mow down Wesley in a car.
0: Was Wesley hurt? No. How much does he know about any of this?
2: Nothing yet, but he knows something's going on.
0: All right. Um, What's today's challenge?
2: I have to run a bath and hold my head underwater for three minutes. I've already tried to see how long I can last. The longest I can hold my breath is about a minute and 15 seconds. I guess it's possible that someone could do the full three minutes. Some guy set a world record of 22 minutes for holding his breath underwater, but... I'm not that guy. Don't do it then. He knows where I live. He's been following my boyfriend. I'm compromised. Wesley's in danger. What's going to happen if I don't follow through?
1: Haven noticed someone came into the room. Blossom's son stood in the doorway. A plaster cast wrapped around his right hand and forearm, which hung from a blue sling around his shoulder. He seemed fatigued too and stared at Haven with some confusion.
2: I heard you talking.
1: Ben Blossom stared at her, first because she was a stranger in his home, but then he was drawn to the same thing that everyone else was drawn to. He stared at her eyes. Haven had one brown eye and one blue eye. Heterochromia. In addition, a second genetic anomaly turned her eyelashes white above the blue eye. Most people were curious about it. He seemed slightly afraid of her, She tried to put him at ease.
2: Ben, I'm Haven. How are you doing? All right. How long do you need to wear the cast? A few weeks, I guess. What's on your arm?
1: Ben pointed to Haven's forearm at the tattoo. Funny. She'd gotten the tattoo so long ago, sometimes she forgot it was there. It was a simple design. A plain black semicolon on her forearm. Only two inches long where the skin was the thinnest.
2: This? It's a tattoo. But what is it? Well, it's a semicolon. It's a symbol. A symbol of what? It's a symbol to remember people who have...
1: Haven fished for the right words to explain this to a 12-year-old.
2: People who have had to go through tough times. People who have had... Challenges. The boy raised his arm in the sling. Like me? Actually, exactly like you, Ben.
0: Hey, uh, baby, can you give us a minute?
2: Okay.
1: The boy padded up the staircase back to his bedroom.
0: Blossom considered his son's safety. <sighs> Alright, what do we know about the challenge?
2: That it kills you.
0: We know it's 29 days long. For you, at least. And what else?
2: We know how it kills you. How? It's torture. Plain and simple. After one day my nerves are shot, my mouth and throat still hurt. After a few weeks, it has to wear you down. It's like the Stanford prison experiment the challenge strips you of your self worth until you're so spent that suicide becomes a viable option. Maybe even a pleasant one.
0: Why did you eat that light bulb? I didn't have a choice. No, think. Why?
2: Because someone tried to hurt Wesley.
0: Exactly. They threatened someone you care about, and they didn't give you time to consider any other way out. They cornered you. Any of this sounding familiar? Haven winced.
1: She thought about the four men from last year. Kevin Acampo, Sutton Chambers, Liston Cologne, Turo Torres. She remembered how each of them waited obediently for oncoming locomotives to obliterate them. She remembered what she had to do for them to comply. She threatened the people they loved. Blossom couldn't resist the urge to make her squirm at the memory of it, but he didn't dwell on it either.
0: Do you think that's what they're doing with Ben? Do you think they're threatening him or his friends? Maybe me.
2: What would I know?
0: I'm just thinking out loud. If that's how they motivate people, I wonder who they would threaten to make Ben hurt himself.
2: Why don't you ask him?
0: He evades the question. I can't get him to talk about it. Haven saw a framed
1: family portrait on the wall. In the photo, Blossom, Ben and a woman were posed in front of a snow-capped mountain at the edge of a lake. Blossom was clean-shaven and looked
0: happier. Ben was significantly smaller.
2: Has your wife gotten any threats?
0: My wife... My wife isn't available to be
1: threatened. Then, Haven saw the small pewter urn on a small table below the photo, and she put it together that this held his wife's ashes. Oh. Uh,
2: I'm... I'm sorry.
0: What did you ask for?
2: What did I ask for? Uh,
0: Come on, keep up. Sam's Market. You had to ask for something. That's how it works. I wanted a gun. That's all? That's all. No, that's not all. I know that's not all. Haven needed to change the subject. What would
2: Ben have asked for?
0: I don't know. He's 12, for God's sakes.
2: Well, it wasn't a PS5.
0: Really? Ask him again. I've asked him a hundred different ways. He won't tell me anything.
1: Out of desperation, Haven worked up the nerve to make a suggestion.
2: Does Detective Gibson know your son's involved in this?
1: No, she doesn't.
2: Shouldn't you let her know?
1: Blossom looked over his shoulder, listening to the room until he assured himself that his son was upstairs and out of earshot. Do
0: you ever wonder why I haven't arrested you?
2: I've been taught to never look a gift horse in the mouth.
0: A few years ago,
1: a woman goes missing. Haven's stomach sank with the understanding that whatever she was about to hear would create a bond between them that she might never untie herself from.
2: Right.
0: The woman is married happily married, as far as anyone knows. She has a husband and a son. She likes to go running at night. She's a distance runner, so she doesn't have much choice in the matter. She runs races that are 30, 40, up to 50 miles at once. Can you imagine that? To train for that kind of race. She runs at least three hours a day. A day. On some days, she goes for six to eight hours. So she starts at night. Sometimes she goes into San Francisco at night. She starts out at Ocean Beach... "'cuts through Golden Gate Park "'and does laps around the city. "'Then... "'then she goes missing. "'No one knows what happened, "'but they guess it's something bad. "'They find her phone in Golden Gate Park "'by tracking the GPS. "'They don't find her for a few days, "'but eventually she turns up in Colma. Have you ever been to Colma?
2: Sure. It's a giant cemetery.
1: Colma was a town south of San Francisco where the dead outnumbered the living. The official term was a necropolis.
0: Someone breaks into a mausoleum to hide her body inside a stone coffin next to bones that have been there for 60 years. The groundskeeper finds the lock has been sheared and replaced. It's the only reason they find her. As soon as they find the body, they think the husband did it. They always think the husband did it. The husband has some experience questioning people about homicides. The irony of him being put through the ringer isn't lost on him. But the husband knows he didn't kill his wife. He knows the real killer is still out there. So he looks for that man himself. Eventually... He finds some camera footage from around Golden Gate Park from the night when his wife disappeared.
2: The police didn't already check the footage?
0: You'd be surprised at the evidence that gets ignored when the wrong person leads the case. Anyway, the man finds something. He finds a van driving through the park. The cameras have horrible quality, so... He has to get a few different camera feeds before he can piece together a license plate. But he does find that license plate. Eventually, he finds the owner of that van. Haven was afraid to hear anything more, but she didn't dare interrupt him. Do you know what happens next?
2: I don't want to know.
0: Relax. The man turns over everything to the police, just like he's been trained to do. The police have the footage, and they have the identity of the man, right down to his address. But it doesn't go anywhere. There isn't enough physical evidence to support a case. The man scrubbed that van good and clean with bleach. There's no legal case. They have to let him go. Months go by. No other suspects emerge. No other evidence is found. The police stop looking. Haven felt sick. But she had to ask.
2: What happened to the man with the van?
0: Wouldn't you know it? The man with the van disappears too? Just like that. Like he's been snatched away in the night.
2: Did they ever find him?
0: No one really looks, to be honest. The man with the van has a record. He's a registered sex offender. The police don't look too hard for men like that.
2: What about the man with the wife?
0: Ah, him. Well, his life goes back to normal, too. As much as it can without his wife. He goes back to work. He's a little better after the man disappears. Big thing about doing his job for all these years and looking into all those other murder cases. He knows how the police look for things. He knows where they look and where they don't. So he knows where the hidden places are. The deep, dark places where no one would ever look for anything. Certainly not a disgusting little man with a van. So, no police. Blossom
1: sat back in his chair and stared out the window at the water. Haven kept her eyes on the pewter urn.
2: What should I do?
0: I recommend you don't talk to Walking Sam.
2: I just stop doing the challenge?
0: What's your option? Drowning yourself?
2: What if they come for Wesley again? Or me?
0: Then you can decide for yourself how much you want the police looking into your life. I recommend telling Wesley everything so you can both protect yourselves. Unplug and leave town for a few days. Maybe a few weeks.
2: What about you and Ben?
0: I'm going to keep looking. We know a little more about Sam's Market thanks to you. I'll tell Gibson and the team what she needs to know, and they'll start looking more closely at this site and see how we can shut it down.
2: Can you protect us?
0: Only if you want more police involved in your life. It's a shitty situation you're in. I'm sorry. I will try to stop whatever's happening. In the meantime, stay off of Sam's Market. Don't talk to walking Sam. Definitely don't stick your head in a bathtub for three minutes.
2: Nicholas Van Orten is waiting for me when I get home. But Wesley's out. I need to tell him about all this. Although I don't really know how I can explain my involvement with Walking Sam without bringing up more questions about working with Detective Victor Blossom. I play one of my dad's movies in the background. It's the Woodcock Express, about the world's worst train robber. It feels like an old western, and it was my favorite movie as a kid. I couldn't watch it for a long time after I got shot on a train. The horn makes me jumpy, but I can get through it. I'm at the scene where my dad, Toby Gensler, can't remember where he hid a stash of dynamite... And several members of his gang die trying to find it.
1: There it is.
2: Then I hear it. It's an alert. I've quit out of my Tor browser. Walking Sam shouldn't be able to contact me. But he is. Then I hear the alert on my phone. Walking Sam has texted me a link from an anonymous number. I still don't know how he got my phone number. I have every reason to delete the text... But I know he'll just keep handing me. Despite Blossom's warning, I play the video. The video is dark. It's hard to make out anything, and it sounds like someone might be walking through some kind of field. Two pinpoints of light bounce around willy-nilly. They're cell phone flashlights, searching for something in the dark. Then I hear a voice.
1: I can't see anything. Are you sure it's here? It fell out of my pocket. It would
2: have fallen out here. It's Wesley's voice. He's walking through a field with a friend, maybe the same friend from the video yesterday. It's clear the person shooting this video is following them both from behind, hidden in the dark. You hear something? Yeah, I think it's called a city. Wesley stops, and the camera gets closer. There's some light pollution from the city around this field that frames his silhouette.
1: Yo, what is that? Seriously, did you hear that? I heard that.
2: Who's there? The camera gets closer to them. I can make out their faces. Wesley looks afraid. The next moment, I hear the gunshot. Oh, shit. What the fuck? I hear his friend running away, but I don't hear Wesley the video stops. I find Wesley by tracing his cell phone. He's in a deserted field in West Oakland, the same place where he took me a few days ago to see his art installation, the giant flower sprouting out of the rubble. I can hear him. Who the fuck is that? Who the fuck is that? It's me. It's me. Oh my god. What are you doing here? I can't see much, but I feel him, and he's wet with blood. I help him to his feet, and we slowly make our way back to the car. Come on, move with me. You've got this. How did you know to come? To f-
1: How did you know to come to find me?
2: I get home hours later. My clothing is stained with blood, and Nicholas Van Orden is afraid of me. I drove Wesley to the hospital. He was shot in the thigh. Since it was a gunshot wound, they had to report it to the police. I waited around and gave a report to some officer who seemed skeptical of my version of the events. When I left, he was still in surgery. Then, I hear the alert, and I know what it means. I haven't completed the challenge. It's amazing what you will do when you're afraid, when your body is deprived of sleep. I open up my laptop, and Walking Sam is waiting for me in a Tor browser. Your
1: challenge is incomplete.
2: Fuck off. I've gotten another video. Against my better judgment, I play it. This video shows a bright corridor with glossy baby blue floors. I know where we are. It's the hospital I just left. New challenge. Sending instructions. I get a text with new instructions. I don't have to hold my head underwater for three minutes, but Walking Sam does want something from me. I follow the instructions... I find the sharpest knife in the kitchen and set it up on my desk. I unscrew a bottle of Jack. Normally, I like the smell, but it made me nauseous thinking about what I have to do. Then I roll up my sleeve. My eyes tear up as I run my thumb over the tattoo on my forearm. Walking Sam wants my semicolon. What else is there to do? I give it to him. (laughs) Come <laughs>